What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Meet the Creatives. I'm Rob, who makes this podcast. Thanks for being here. I just wanted to give a quick intro on this amazing episode today with Nick Spinelli. Nick is somebody who I found on YouTube a while back, and I just love his content. And I know this might seem a little bit out of left field to all of a sudden be interviewing DJs, but I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm actually a DJ, and that's something that's a huge part of my life. And for some weird reason, I just never really talk about on the show. But uh, I wanted to start up some conversations with people from the music industry. And I did that last year, talking to people from Coldplay and from the Lumineers and everything. But I never really talked specifically about DJing. So I've been wanting to have Nick on the show for a while now. And I always watch his videos all the time. It's like a, a thing I binge watch on a regular basis. So it was super trippy and cool to be able to talk to him. And he was just awesome. So enjoy this episode. But if you're like, dude, what DJs all of a sudden? Yes. And there will be more. Shout out to the team at SCE. We're going to probably be having uh, Jason also from SCE on the show. Uh, thank you guys. Appreciate all the love. And if you're not already subscribed, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. I'm making progress getting it back on Spotify. Spotify, you're so annoying. And also it's meetthecreatives.org if you're just here for the first time to check out all the amazing guests from all different walks of life. And today we're talking to a DJ, but not just any DJ. Nick Spinelli. If you're not following him already, even if you don't DJ, this is this episode is fucking hilarious and Nick is the man. So enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I am joined by one of my internet homies. I feel like we're already best friends, which is weird because you don't know me. My goal for today is to make it that you feel about me like I feel about you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nick Spinelli, an amazing DJ, MC, taking over the clubs, coming to a club near you. Thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, Great being here. I appreciate you, bro. Let's take it from the very beginning. I'm curious to know the origin story. Where did that initial spark come from for you? I was working at a restaurant. We had a banquet hall upstairs. We had a 1995 ahead special with a champagne toast and we would get some (laughs) wild ass fucking weddings up there. So like I was just around like weddings and wedding DJs and stuff. I would work the banquets. I'd be, I was like a bus boy. I was about, I think I was 15. They they hired me under the tables. Like one of my first jobs was right down the road. I could ride my bike there. Anyway, one of the main DJs there, one of the house guys or whatever that would do weddings all the time, ended up asking the owner of that place, hey, do you have anybody I can use on the weekends? She recommended me. She's like, oh, yeah, and I think Nick would be great. Like, he needed an assistant. He did weddings, and I would roll the wires, help set it up, da 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 And then he offered me 10 bucks an hour cash, which was double the minimum wage at the time. You know, so I was making 50 bucks a wedding because it was like four-hour wedding, and then four- to five-hour wedding plus an extra hour he would pay me for. So it was like 50 bucks a wedding cash you know and that was like cake back then and i cool and i just did it for extra money and then i ended up getting into it you know i mean then i'm like all right you know then you should have taught me how to dj weddings and everything but you know i I learned how to be an entertainer first so like i have a different perspective you know like i didn't beat mix for the first like three years of me djing i was nasty at teaching line dances and nasty at like you know (laughs) like entertaining like we had routines to all these different songs back then it worked like Back then, you know, I would put on Get Down Tonight, right? And, and I had a whole, I'd get everybody in line. I'm like, all right, everybody put your hands in the air to do a little dance and then make a little love, hug yourself, and then get down tonight and do the boogie thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I would do all these routines. People ate it the fuck up, you know? And that was like, yeah, that's what yeah. I did for the first three years. And then like, I discovered like AM and I discovered DJs to like really mix and cut and stuff. And then that, then I started geeking out on that side. And then simultaneously, 
I was realizing that more and more couples weren't feeling the entertainment shit, the line dances and all the, the more like quote unquote, unquote cheesy stuff. So like I slowly got away from that and really got into the mixing. And like, I, I'm literally a completely different DJ now. So I went through like a whole, you know what I mean? But that's how I started. Knowing what I know now about, about your sort of your MO and the way that you, you mix and DJ, it's kind of funny to hear those beginnings. Cause I feel like when people go on the internet and maybe they say, they see you with like the, the turntables with like the order font needles and like the, you know, the white with the desk, with the trailer, with everything. But what was it like early on? CDs, um, you know, like a CDJ uh, 1000 CD kind of thing, mix or? too. No, yeah. no, I, I couldn't afford CDJs, bro. Are you kidding me? I was broke. I had a Never CD know, mix dude. too. It was basically CD mix two was like the SB of the 2000s. I feel like you know okay. what I mean. It was like all yeah, in yeah. one. It was like a built-in. It was like a CD controller. I had the mixer built in, two CD decks, and then I would just like burn CDs. And like my setup was like just trap, no facade, nothing. I didn't bring <laughs> lights to a wedding till I was like 22 years old. I was probably like eight years in before I bought my first light. You know what wow. I mean? I didn't have, I didn't have subs until uh, my mid twenties. You know, I, I used the two, uh, I, I saved up. I got one. I, I did a couple weddings with just one speaker. I only had enough money for a, a JBL Eon, you know, one Eon, 15 inch Eon, which they were shit back in the day. And uh, right. it was my first speaker. It was powered. I never had to deal with passive. Thank God. And then like I saved up enough money and I bought the second one. And then that was my setup forever. I didn't even do subs. I've made every mistake in the book too. You know, that's kind of why I wanted to do my channel and stuff because like I can, I could speak from experience. You know, I, I'm really big on like, like anything I do speak on, like it's direct experience. Like I don't talk about anything I don't know shit about, you know, and I've literally made every fucking mistake. I try and, uh, you know, help people out, you know, fucking tell those stories. You know, I've, I've, <laughs> I've had whole episodes about like the biggest mistakes I've ever made, which are like embarrassing to admit, you know what I mean? And yeah, I'm like, eh, whatever. It's been a while. Whenever I would go on, YouTube, because I'm a total like millennial Casey Neistat type, you know, just a regular dude from New Jersey type vibe. Yeah. I never got into it because it was always so douchey. It was always so pretentious. It was, it was like, what's up, everybody? Welcome to our perfectly polished. Like, everything's white. Like, we're DJs. We're doing it. We're out here. We're crushing it. And I would always yeah. be like, ugh, this is so full. Like, where is the humility here? Like, where is the storytelling? And then one day yeah. on YouTube, I dis discovered your thing. And you're like, dude, let me tell you about, like, let me tell you why you need two pairs of pants. Let me tell you why you got to, like, take this fan and just blow it straight up your ass. Because sometimes it gets way too hot. I'm like, yo, this guy is the realest motherfucker I've seen on the internet. And you got me into it and to this day i watch like you and santi and like maybe two other people and like jason but that's yeah. pretty much it you know so it's cool that you were so real yeah. about it no yeah. thanks man yeah i hate our industry i think it's terrible i think our whole industry sucks i think it's a lot uh, of douchebags man are, it really are is very, a lot of douchey people. It's, just, it's just people feel the need i don't i don't know why but like there's so many wedding djs out there that just think that they have to be super buttoned up and political like they have to put on this front you know what i mean like they're just like you know just ladies most, and gentlemen just perfect they're just, it's yeah it's just almost like they're <laughs> running for office you know what i mean like yeah like, i don't understand and i never understood it and then like i would just be like you know and then i i would you know stay a curse word and i was like oh my god how could you da -da -da. like you do, <laughs> do you worry about couples not booking you because of this and this and i'm like you realize early on that when you get into weddings, you don't have to be buttoned up because you're just going to get the buttoned up couples. Like there, there's plenty of cool ass couples that still have plenty of money to spend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so like you get what you put out there. And I realized early on that if I just be myself, I'm going to get more couples that like, like me for me and like are like me, you know, like that are similar to me. So like they're easy to work with. They're fun. They like, they party. They're going to get drunk. They're going to dance around have a good time. They're not like just all buttoned up when I tried to put on because I was told to do that. You know, I mean, everyone's just like, you know, you got to be professional. You're a wedding DJ. You're the host of da, da, da. And when I did that, <laughs> I just got a bunch of, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, I got a bunch of stuffy couples. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just realized, you know, I could just be myself and still get booked as long as I throw it out. You know, as long as I'm, I do a good job, it's all that matters. You know what I mean? And like, so like, and I really think that. I mean, if you're buttoned up and stuffy in real life, then that's fine. You know, as long as you're being yourself. I think there's just a lot of people in our industry that aren't like online. They're not really themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You meet them in real life, and they're just like a little different. You know, and I just never was sure. a fan of that. You know. Yeah. But. Yeah, definitely. When you're booking clients nowadays, what are some of the the things that you're saying? And and you know, you, you have, kind of have this casual demeanor, but when you're trying to get them to book with you and to trust you, what are the things that you're going to say? I don't even try to get them to book me. I start at the meeting with them. Like I, li- I do a lot of listening because they're going to tell me if I'm a good if I'm a, they're a good fit for me. Number one, because sometimes. I'll turn down a wedding if it, you know, uh, listen, this sounds like a hoedown. I'm not a country DJ. So I'm literally not for you. You don't want me to trust me. Like, you know what I mean? Like that sort of yeah. thing. I start everything off with just, you know, what's your vision? You know, like what, what, do you, what, what are you like envisioning for your day? Right. And they start talking. I always also ask music wise, like, are you two on the same page? Do you guys listen to the same music or do you listen to different stuff? And if it ends up being different, I make a chart. So I know like who likes what, you know, and then I figure out how to blend, you know, and that, that helps me. So I can blend all those together to make them both happy. Or if they like the same stuff, it's even easier. So I always really like dive into that. I always ask, you know, like how many people and what's the breakup? You know what I mean? Like age wise, is it more family, more friends? You have like a a lot of family friends just so I kind of know what I'm in for as far as like guest list and crowd. But once I get all that information and they tell me like everything they're envisioning and like, you know, all that, then I go through my planning process. Then I'll say, okay, well, you know, this is how it works. We have an online planner that the online planner does this, 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 you know, I DJ for a living. So I'm always down to meet, you know, you can schedule me with me anytime, we, you know, just how everything works. I iron everything out. Then I tell them up front just how my style is. And I have like, and it's easier for me because I don't have to talk as much about myself because I'm, I just literally, I have vi- everything on on video, me, I'm seeing everything. And I just generally just say, you know, I love the mix and like, you know, I, I love mashing things up and I, I generally don't play the entire song. I play the best parts of every song. And then I explain that. I explain that like my MC style. So I'm up front because some people make one of an MC that's on the mic every five seconds. And I'm just not like I evolved to like this very minimalistic, you know, I'll do the intros, the formalities. And then once dancing starts, I might pump up the crowd like once or twice, but I'm literally just throwing down. I am never, ever, ever on the mic. And it's just, just my personal style. Um, so I'm, I'm up front with that. And then like, I'll send links so you can literally see me MC, you know, I'll make the joke. Like, you know, I, I have a full, you know, I have a full vlog. So you can literally see me MC live at a wedding, make sure I'm not weird, but, um, just so you know, I don't use a Count Dracula voice, you know, <laughs> and that's it. And I kind of leave it vague. And then I go into pre- and then I, my meetings are maybe 20 minutes. I'm able to do that. I think too, because like, I just have such a large body of work online. It's just like, you know what you're going to get. This is like literally my style. This is how I DJ. Here's you know, 300 TikToks of me doing mixes at weddings. Here's me emceeing a wedding. Here's like longer form stuff. Like it's all out there. So like, you know, you're going to get, and if you don't pick me, it's either because maybe our styles didn't match up or it's a price thing. And maybe I didn't convey the value enough, but like generally speaking, that's another thing. Cause I have so much out there. Most of the couples already did their homework and saw my videos before they met with me. So like, they kind of know that like I'm what they want. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just yeah. a matter of just like meeting me and make sure I'm not like a douchebag in real life, I guess, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm really vague and just out in the open with them, you know, and I, and I don't sugarcoat anything. I don't lie. If, if I haven't been to the venue, I'll tell them I haven't been to the venue. I think that's a, one of the number one things wedding DJs lie about. I don't know why. They just always say, have you been? Yeah, yeah, I've been. It's the one with the dance floor, right? I'm friends with the guy who owns the place, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's got a major D, right? They just start saying generic shit. Yeah, it's got like a guy's bathroom and a girl's bathroom, right? That's the one. Like, you know, man, it's literally what they do. It's like, why are you lying? Just say you haven't been there. Like, you know what I mean? And then if that's a deal breaker, it's a deal breaker. Who gives a fuck? Why lie? Like, you know, like like, I'm just straight up with everything. How do you handle this? Or recently it's musicians, right? 
most musicians that work with DJs suck. They fucking suck. And the problem is, and I explain this to every couple, so they know. Go so off, Nick. I want, I want these audio clips. Let's go. This is best of clips right here. We're doing well, it. I love it. Well, think about this, right? You know, one thing that nobody talks about, Every all these DJs love working with live musicians, right? It's a good look. It looks cool. And like from the outside looking in, you know, I, I can see how the couples is just it's a huge appeal. It's like, wow, it's so cool. There's a saxophonist with them, da, 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 right? What they don't tell you is we rehearse nothing. The whole thing is winged. These musicians literally wing it. They show up and they just listen to what you play and try and play along. And there's very, very few. I have a list this short of musicians that actually are talented enough and know the music well enough that can and know how to sit in a pocket and not like over solo over everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they know how to do it right where it's effective because if it's done wrong, all they do is step on all my mixes. Like I, I do a lot of wordplay. All my, a lot of my mixes make sense. So like, you know, and you know how you'll drop a song a certain way to get a reaction. Like if they're soloing over top of that, you just kick me in the balls. You know what I mean? Now, like I didn't get the same reaction. Like some of these musicians just solo for days and they'll get like, they'll, they'll create a circle in the crowd of that. And I hate that shit. I hate dance circles, you know, or worst case, people get headaches and leave early or clearly I've had musicians literally clear my dance floor. And I'm sure that oh. musician be like, oh, it's because of you DJ. And it's like, no, bitch. Like, I know for a fact, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, so yeah. like, yeah. I explain that to couples. I, I literally, I'm like, listen, like, you got to understand with live musicians, we're winging it. There's no rehearsal. If we had a 30 minute rehearse set, that'd be one thing, but like, it's no rehearsal. So very few. So I honestly don't want to work with any other musicians except for these. These are the yeah. only ones I will work with because I work with the rest of them and we just don't work well together. And it is what it is. So please don't put me with someone random. Who's going to fuck me up. You're hiring me to like, you know, really create a crazy set. Like I don't just blend songs together. Like I do a lot of like, you know what I mean? It's a lot. It's super thought out. So like, you know, yeah. like it can affect that. So just across the board, I'm just open, honest, everything. And then it pays dividends because it saves me from dealing with bullshit and they know what they're getting. And, you know, so like, you know what I mean? Like For DJs sure. that get bad reviews, you, you, you had to have capped somewhere that, you know, if you get a bad review, unless you made a huge fuck up, right. But like right. beyond a fuck up, fuck if up you just went dance. and you did the yeah. wedding, sure. But if right. you just, if you just went and did the wedding, you just DJed the wedding and everything like went smooth, but like maybe people didn't, or whatever happened, but you get a bad review. They didn't, they were expecting something that they didn't get. Like, you know what I mean? You had to be been capping somewhere in my opinion. If I'm not up front, I could get a review from a couple saying like, Nick was great. He really DJ really well, but like he just, he wasn't on the mic a lot. I expected like a, like a, like a higher energy MC, like, you know, ad libbing all the time, like, like Migos, you know, like, the, well, <laughs> I should have told you that I don't do that shit. Like, Did you I'm refer to any of the thousands of videos I have online? Yeah, for sure. You mentioned something recently and it's, I've actually started implementing it in my life. You have your price. And then like, that is, that's the price. And then you don't go back on that. And anytime that you do go back on it, then you're kind of opening up the door. And usually that those clients are, are not the best to work with. As you raise your price, as you get better at your craft and you're booking a lot of weddings, so you're able to raise your price, you know, and still book the same amount or maybe a little less at a higher price or whatever, the clientele actually gets better and easier to work for. Uh, and I, that's something I learned over the years. I used to do a lot of more budget weddings, you know, fire halls, backyards, things like that. Like how, that's how I started out. And I know very well, I've done a couple hundred of those. I know exactly what that clientele is like. And then like, when you get like, as they get more and more wealthy, they, they, it's crazy how much like more they party <laughs> and like, and they're, and then, and then they at the higher end clientele, all their vendors are high end consider you would say high end. Right. So they trust their vendors generally. So like, you know, a lot of my higher now higher end clientele, they'll give me like, you know, request lists and stuff like that. But like, they're like, we wanted, we hired you for what you do. So do you, you know what I mean? And I like, I have more freedom and like, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? I made a video about that because almost just motivation too is just don't, you know, don't keep cutting yourself short. You know, when you raise your prices, the weddings actually even get better. 
The places yeah. are cooler. They're easy to work at, more professional. You're just working with, you know what I mean? It, it actually gets easier when, but like when I started raising my price, I was scared of that clientele because like, I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know. I don't know how to play for, you know, rich people or whatever. Right. Like, and it's, it's literally easier, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I was just recently for a photography gig. I was at, I was somewhat in your neck of the woods. I know that you guys are there pretty often at the, the Shadowbrook at the Shrewsbury. I, I had never been there before. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, and cool spot. Yeah. Really lit, cool right? spot. Yeah. That dude. So lit. the dessert, they had like a six foot, like chocolate, like chocolate fountain. And then, a six foot like white chocolate fountain like it's, i was like what the fuck this is so crazy but i was there and i was like wait a second like this is the spot from like the video i always see like because i saw like, yeah. a little sting i was like this is like where jason's stuff is and like this is where i'm like oh yeah. shit but then i was thinking to myself i was like i'm never gonna make it <laughs> like i thought it was just you know but you go to those places and what was so funny was it was like the place is huge but it was just running like so smooth like the maitre d like took that cake and like ran with that cake and everything was just like boom like that and i could see how in that environment you could really thrive because it's like it's it's you know the somewhat you know like the big leagues of of jersey weddings but the people that are working there everyone's at the top of their game so there's not really like a, a lot of drama professionals because, yeah everyone there's no drama Correct. yeah yeah it's all so that's kind of like my new north star you get yeah what was it like the first time that you sort of leveled up hard? Like you went from, you know, doing those backyard kind of gigs, those like, fight, you know, VFW type uh, things. And then you were there one day at, you know, a Shadowbrook type place. Like what was that experience uh, like and how'd you power through it? Yeah, that, that's easy. That was SE. So like when I got hired by SE, you know, it was like I made it to the big leagues. You know what I mean? Like, they, <laughs> you know, I followed SE just like everybody else and I loved what they did. And then like one day Jason J and I posted that he's looking for DJs and I hit him up, you know, and he brought me in for an interview and he hired me. And I was like, oh, shit shit so like that's when i got like jumped into that world but i was lucky enough to get hired for them and then like when you know obviously i had to finish out my wedding for the other company and it's a transitional period you're not just gonna like i'm not gonna get an se wedding like immediately so during that transitional period i knew i was like stepping into like the bigger leagues the crazier venues and all that so like i made it a point i literally went broke i was like so I was so broke it was crazy but like i literally made it a point to work with everybody like jason multiple times jeff tony like paul like everybody like shout out the whole team and like I went along with them. I watched what they did, how they handled things. Cause like they did, they, they did a lot of things better than I did. Cause I never learned that way. Like I learned a lot of things. And then also like how they set up, how they load in, how fast they break down. You know, a big thing with a lot of these bigger venues is like, especially in New Jersey is like, you have to have a very quick setup and breakdown time or else like, you know, they're really like, dude, this guy sucks. What's the matter with you? You have to have systems for everything. Sometimes you have to, you only have 30 minutes to set up, you know what I mean? And like, I learned like literally like, that's gonna be anxiety showed, just hearing SCE that. Show me the ropes. Oh, yeah. dude, it's no joke, man. Like it's, it's crazy out here. Well, like, well it, tell me for, like, for it's a little inside baseball, but I would imagine people that are listening are DJs. Like, what is yeah? What are some of the things that you you learned in that time, and then what's some of the dip, the difference in like you know the big leagues and something that's a little bit more amateurish? Yeah. So I mean, everything from you know, like I said, loading in and uh, setting up and breaking down super fast. I had to learn a lot of systems with that. They have like different systems that they use. You know, just having like you know, 16 space rack with mics and like all everything's kind of built in. Everything's on wheels. Subs are on wheels. Rewiring trusses. Like all my trusses have like outlets on the top and the bottom. You know what I mean? So like I'm not running wires. I just plug everything in, you know, when we're doing spots and things like that. So all of that, you know, just, just as far as logistics, that was the whole thing I had to learn. Timeline was the big thing I had to learn. We have a very unique timeline out here. And like, it's just a unique area. Like New Jersey is like, you know, right next to how many metropolitan areas, right? We have New York, Philly, Baltimore, you know, all these. So like, it's just it's just a crazy market and like we're able to really just do what the hell we want around here like it's like very like it this market dictates a lot of trends 
So like our timeline is different than anywhere else. I had to figure out. And that was another thing too, because we don't do that a lot in Jersey. It's South Jersey. I'm from South Jersey. So you're going to like SCE, Philly area, North Jersey right? is different. Correct. Like Philly, so it's yeah. different. It's farmland. It's like not, <laughs> yes, it's not as like, it's not the same as North Jersey. So, you know, going to SCE, that was the first time like I had to, it was built into the timeline. I had to dance the whole party before dinner. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh shit, how do I do that? Are they going to be ready? You know, and that's super intimidating at first. So I had to learn those ways and kind of how to, you know, navigate those bars. Sometimes we do two dance sets before dinner. You know what I mean? Sit them down for a course and do another dance set, you know, as you know, like, and like so like it, it, those were the huge differences, like timeline, how to set up breakdown, the overall look to, you know, I realized quickly at the higher end venues, like they judge the shit out of you. If you don't have a certain, like, you know what I mean? You have to be, you, you have to, you know, if you don't have furniture, like in our area, like at this point, it's a, it's a disadvantage unless they know you and you're an OG and you've been around a while. If you're trying to break into this market and you show up without furniture, Right away, it's like red flag to them. They're like, all right, is this guy like legit? Like, why doesn't he have furniture and he's working? You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. you realize like what, like, you know, just, just things for people like that. that may not and, know, like you, that means that you have stuff built into like a pre-existing, yeah. Like the turntables. Yeah, so like my, my mixer setup, my turntables are built into an actual wooden furniture piece that I, that I, that I place in front of all my setups. So I'll have a facade behind me, a little wall that hides all my sound stuff and everything. And you know, everything, but like I'm up front, like with, with a furniture. So it's like a, it's like an abstract, almost like kind of piece of furniture. So like, it looks like really, really cool. You know what I mean? I'm able to light it, you know, right. And all that. And you know, For it sure. became, a, it was a trend that ended up becoming like almost a standard with the, with the higher end stuff. You know, they expect you to kind of like have furniture and all that. So just yeah. all, all those ins and outs. And then just realize that you can play for rich people, just like you play for any other people. And sometimes even it's even better when they rage. It's just like, it's an intimidating factor. It took me a long time to really get comfortable in an environment full of people that all have 80,000 times more money than I do. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> When I, I was that's like an actual broke. figure too. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Literally, like I was flat broke when I started doing higher end weddings because I was transitioning between companies and like, you know, there's gaps in work and everything. And I just like I'm making this dive full time and all that. So like I, I was not killing it at the time. So like to go to a wedding, you know, four hundred fifty dollars a head and everyone's in tuxedos and just look around. You could tell everybody has mad money. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> like how do I like now MC in front of all them and act like I fit in? Like yeah. that's the hardest, hardest part. And like, at least for me, that took a while. You just like, you get used to the environment and just to get that confidence. Like, cause, but that came, my confidence with that came from like realizing that they're regular people, they're going to rage and dance and scream when you tell them to scream, just like anybody else. And sometimes even more so, you know, and then just confident in my own talent that like, all right, I can handle it. You know what I mean? And yeah. that helped relieve like, all right, now, you know what? I fit in here. You know, because yeah. like, that's another, it's weird. You look around, you're like, oh God, like I don't belong here. I don't fucking belong here. There's everyone's fucking right. You know, there's some celebrity, you know what I mean? Like you, you do the professional athlete weddings and there's everybody like, it's just all just professional athletes and coaches everywhere. And it's like, holy shit. And it's like, oh everyone's God. millionaires. And I'm like, why am I here? Why am I here? They're probably wondering who the fuck I am. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like you're like, like the help. Yeah. Dude, my boy, when I went to the Shadowbrook, he was like, we were kind of bouncing around different spots, like doing some like live event photography. And my boy like didn't tell me to bring a jacket. And I, I might as well have been butt naked there because I'm like, look, everyone is dressed to the nines and I'm wearing like, you know, like a, uh, oh, like yeah, a yeah. uniglow huge... button down and like, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Pants that should have been sent to the dry cleaners. I kind of just like resurrected them. I'm like, dude, next time we're going to a place like that, you gotta let me know, dude. So yeah, that's well, cool. That's another thing. Yeah, I'm always. Uh, I learned early on to full suit, haircut, nice shoes. You know what I mean? Always, because that's like you know, look good, feel good kind of thing. Like if I don't, oh for know, sure. If I, I don't have a fresh haircut, bro, I'm like not feeling right in intros. I swear to God, I'm just like. 
look like shit. I got and a fucking see- neck scarf of hair right now. <laughs> like, you know. dude, totally. I see it all the time with this podcast, but also too, like when I'm doing, uh, whenever I'm taking pictures, people always want to take like pictures from behind me. And dude, if that, like if the back of my hair is all jacked up, I'm like, oh my God, I, this don't post that. And they're like, what's the yeah. deal? Like, it's a great shot. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like in my line of work, we can't have that. My barber is like, Bane. Yeah. Well, you have to be, dude. Recently, you've been posting about Pioneer and finally got that collaboration. So happy for you, dude. That's that's really cool. Thanks. I'm, that's got to be. I can't even fucking imagine that. I'm a, I've been a pioneer like a, day one since forever. But uh, what's that like, man, when they, a, you finally get there? <laughs> it's it crazy. It, it felt good. I had to fucking, uh, I had to strong arm them. I had to like, all right, listen, either you send me the mixers before they come out and let me do videos <laughs> on them, or I'm going to leak the shit out of every one of them. I will find and leak them. I'm making my life's journey to leak all your shit. I, that's so what was crazy. You leak them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know like yeah because like when i leaked you know everybody's oh yeah pioneer hates you and like there are people pioneer doesn't like me but uh shouts to drew from pioneer and uh and prio and joni was a big part of everything too and he's really been helping me out and uh yeah they they gave me a shot and i promised him that i was like listen like you know i'm a value guy like i don't want you i just don't i don't want i don't want to get sent to the mixer because i have this many subs and like you know whatever like i'm i'm gonna make a unique review that like is unlike everybody else's and i want to provide value and, and help you know, like, you know, like I, I want to, you know, I'm going to, I'll put the work in and, you know, so, and I think I'm, yeah. I think I solidified that relationship. Thank God. So yeah, I'm pumped. <laughs> and, 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 and I love pioneer shit. Like they're, that's my favorite product. You know what I mean? Like I want to do this for any other company. Like I'm still going to, you know, like there's the only one I'm signing NDA for and all that. Everybody else, you know, they, yeah. pioneer even yeah, asked me, like, yeah, well, what, um, what about rain? They're like, you, you know, we don't mind if you sign an NDA with rain and do stuff for rain too. Like, just so you know, like it's cool, you know? And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. not going to do that with rain because I don't like rain products. So like, it's just, they're not going to, they're going to send me, I'm going to sign an NDA. They're going to send me one mixer. I'm going to flame it. And then like, they're never going to send me a thing again. And then like <laughs> now I'm on an NDA for five years. For what, you know? Right. For sure. Yeah. I, I think it's cool that you, you did, you kind of added your humor to it. And I, I, I really appreciate that about the, cause you know, we're talking about DJing today, but you know, the podcast is like about creativity and stuff like that. And that's one of the things I really fuck with about the way that you, put stuff out is that like your sense of humor is on everything that you do and it was so cool to see like that you were doing these leaks of stuff and doing all this and i'm like yo my man's about to get fucking sued with this shit like yo i'm here i'm watching it i'm like i'm at home like eating pizza like yo this is dope but he's probably gonna get sued but i'm gonna enjoy it and like just watch the wheels come off and then to see they collaborated with you and let you do like the nick spinelli thing on top of it was that was fucking sick as as a shit no. made me happy hell yeah yeah shit made me happy i'm in touch <laughs> with all of them now like i get in a little like it's so cool like being a part of like you know like like they're they're you know they're 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 r&d and all that too like it's cool it's definitely fucking cool but yeah they can't sue i can leak wherever the hell i want unless i'm on nda that's the only way they can sue you so just so you know so, so now like, you're in now you're you know. in bed with them now it's too <laughs> yeah of course i have an nda with pioneer because they have to send me shit before but right. um but uh, but anybody else, I'll leak. I'm still yeah. looking. Anybody, if you're listening now, you got a leak. Send it to me. Wedding DJ Tips at gmail.com. Any leaks you got, <laughs> I'm all yours for leaks. He's a detective. Anybody but Pioneer. I think the next time you should go even more ape shit with it. Like the thing you did with the Serato when they were uh when they were coming in like with the mustache, like open up the door, like, yo, what's going on in here? And you were just like, mm. no, no, nothing's like that. Shit was hilarious, bro. Because it really is. I think you're just like kind of poking fun at how fucking ridiculous people are and how tribal people. You know, like if I got a system and it had record, but I mean, like, yeah, I'm a Serato guy, but I don't. You know, people yeah. make it like it's like a religion. It's like who gives a fuck? Like people think it's so seriously. It's so dumb. So yeah. 
And it's fun to make. I love making those things. You know, that, 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 uh, that two minute intro took me like three days to make, <laughs> but I love that yeah. shit. I'm cracking up the whole time. You know what I mean? I'm coming up with jokes, you know? So yeah, yeah. it's fun. That's the fun part about these videos. You know, every time I do a review, I try and top the intro, you know? So yeah. For the podcast, you know, you mentioned about, you know, your girl and you just recently had a kid and I, you know, not to be like weird and get into your personal life or whatever, but you know, your friends and family, it's always, whenever you're a DJ, it's always weird at Thanksgiving because people are talking about their jobs and like their 401k as a DJ, you're just like, yeah, it's been wild. I've just been listening to all I want for Christmas is you and just DJing fucking all the time. I slept, you know, I slept in here. Like it's just yeah. a weird lifestyle to try and explain. What does your, yeah. your family think about it? And I mean, obviously you're doing, you're good. You're doing good and you're eating with SCE, I'm sure. But like, what is, what do they think of all of it? Do you, do they give cousins that like razz on you about it or just something like you <laughs> no uh, no yeah. at first maybe you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but uh was know, there ever a period on, with your yeah, friends because... where they like would judge you and stuff about it because for me i worry about put i'm at a place now where i'm worried about putting myself out there but you really put yourself all the way the fuck out there and i just i, I wonder how you get that confidence to do that without people just sort of because know. because uh you know i've always had the vision and then like i'm kind of you know and then i nowadays you know I, i'm doing just fine so like you know, if someone like, you know, judges me or something, oh, you just did it. It happened at the bar. I was at the bar with my girl the other day. And uh, this dude I knew um, who uh, I grew up with his kids. So I like I knew their dad or whatever. He was at the bar and he was like, so what are you doing nowadays? I'm like, I'm I'm a, I'm a DJ. He's like, that's it. You're just DJ. Yeah, just DJ, you know, and whatever. And that's it. And he's probably thinking in his head like, you know, like, well, this guy must be broke or whatever. But it's fine. You know, think what you want. You know, I, I, I'll get in my brand new Audi when I leave and uh, drive home <laughs> and uh, and be just fine. Like, you know, you yeah. don't have to like it, it's just. I don't worry. I don't get caught up on that stuff, you know, especially like, you know, I, I, I used to be a little insecure about it, but like, you know, I always had the vision that like, I could, I could grow this. Like there is like, you know, there, there, there is money to be made in this industry. And like, I just have to just really focus on just trying to be like the best I can be and just keep pushing as generic as that sounds, you know? And then like, and then you, you, you reach some success and make some money and then, you know what I mean? And then I don't, I don't give a shit what anybody says, you know, and definitely like my family or anybody they all, uh, you know, I feel like they're all super supportive and, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I don't have anybody that like, you know, for I sure. doubt. That's cool. You know, yeah. yeah and definitely. if they did, if they did, fuck them. <laughs> that ass. Uh, well, one of the reasons why I, I have I fun for a living. Yeah, exactly. Oh, people get people get real salty. I think what what impresses me about like your journey so far is that I can see it con continuing to grow. I see what Santi is continuing to grow and evolve. And more recently, like you've been kind of switching it up and doing more with the club scene. And I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I'm totally naive to that world. I, I met my girl real young and I, I was never really, I was kind of like an Irish bar pub kind of dude, but, I, but the club scene seems yeah, incredible. Same. I know it's really, really kind of, you know, I think that wedding DJs are pretty like walled off, but I can imagine the clubs is like another level of that. So what's that experience sure. been like? And, and how's, how you feeling about it right now? How's it, how's it all going? It's a really hard experience. And you know, when it comes to clubs, what i would have i always like first of all like i'm happiest i realized you know years ago that i'm happiest when like you know i'm doing a lot of weddings but i also have some club gigs in between to kind of like you know like switch it up so i have like that balance like that dj balance if i do all clubs i'm miserable if i do all weddings i'm miserable like i like to have like a little bit of both so you know i, I wanted to work to that goal but like it's fun because you know clubs is like i had to like i had to start from like the bottom again you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i was like i feel like i kind of like you know i'm up there in the, in the wedding dj game you know i'm doing well there but then like when it came to getting into clubs i had to start all over again you know a couple of years ago i had to i just started going out to clubs you know just to like you know uh you know say what's up to dj listen to what they're playing you know which is great i think all djs should do that in general just because like 
you know, you, you watch another DJ play a newer song and it goes off. It's like, just noted, like let me try that at a wedding. Up to the speaker like this, just trying to hundred percent. Yeah. I'm shazamming. <laughs> I'm, I'm making connections. So I had to like do that. And then like, and then obviously, you know, finally they're like, all right, you know, we want to book you on something. Send us your availability. They're not going to book you on like the crazy, you know, the best clubs up front. You got to do that. So I'm like, and then the pay is nothing, you know, you're talking 300 bucks, 400 bucks, 500 bucks. So it's just, it's been, I'm still in the middle of it. Like I'm not even close to where I want to be club wise, but like, it's just, it's been fun because it's like a new challenge for me. You know what I mean? Like, like I like the climb, like I really enjoy the process. Like, you know, I like my the worst part about everything for me is like when I reach if if I reach the top or when I reach the top, you know, then it's just like, ugh, well, now what? I want to do something else. You know what I mean? Like, like it, sure. I, I, I like the whole process of the climb. So, like, I'm really enjoying the club thing and like just grinding out and trying to figure out how to curate my content around it so I can land other opportunities. And then also not only that, just fine tuning my crates and my sets and how I play clubs and making up like, you know, club routines with like all the different you know shit and everything like that's been a whole new challenge. It's been a lot of fun and like, you know, figuring out what works and what doesn't and all that. Like, it's just a whole nother world. And then in turn, putting in all that work for the club stuff makes me a better wedding DJ because now like I can, I, I know both. So like, just if burn I my have question. a younger I had a crowd, great question lined up and I yeah. just burned through it. Go ahead. <laughs> Dude, literally like it, it makes me like, I have such an advantage over any wedding DJ that doesn't do clubs. I have a huge advantage over it. Just, it's a fact because like, I, you know what I mean? Like there's so much stuff that you, cause like a hardest part, one of the hardest parts about DJing is like, not only you can list all the bangers you think that you like, but like it's to have the balls to play in because you have to know whether or not it's going to work or at least have an idea. And without trying it out or trying a lot of this stuff out, you know, like I had, I would play some stuff at weddings that I think a lot of wedding DJs won't have the balls to play because like I tried it at clubs and I know it works before, you know what I mean? Like, so you could try stuff out at clubs, like I don't know. It's been cool. It's it, it, it's it's definitely a huge challenge though, and I feel like most DJs don't want to do the challenge because they look at it like you know, like because if you look at it, I mean, like I charge you know a minimum five thousand for a wedding, but then like I'll do a club for three hundred bucks. You know, and there was <laughs> like, why would you do that? You're so dumb. Like it's like no, it's like number one, I'm it's a learning experience and and it's a new challenge for me, so I I like all that. You know, number two, it keeps me dialed in. You know, number three, it's fun. It's a great time. Like I literally, I just love to DJ. You know, and like my my next challenge, what I really want to get to is not only do more clubs, but I want to be able to demand my wedding rate for clubs. And yeah. if I can get to that point somehow, and it's a pipe dream, I might not never accomplish it. But like that is like, you know what I mean? Like to 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 put in the work, you know, because like nobody can jump into clubs and get them. It's impossible. You shouldn't. You know what I mean? But like I want to get so good at doing clubs where I'm up there with all like the best guys, and then like that combined with like my online influence. You know, now you want me at the club, it'll be five grand. You know what I mean? And yeah. that, that's just life is gravy, but it, it takes a lot of work to get there. And, you know, and I'm willing to do it. I'm gonna I, I think you'll do it, it, man. I mean, I think that your growth has been, has really been exponential. I think that you've like used your, you know, I, the way that you interact with people and to kind of have this sort of like cult following with them. I, I think that it only would make sense that it would transfer over to the, the clubs and stuff. I know that you like the creative side of it, like with the stems and with, with everything else and, and the mixing and the wordplay and all that. But do you ever, do you like to do just that? Or do you ever see a world in which maybe you do something that like Jason does where it's, where it's like, like the company, the, the, like the business side of things like, do you have any interest in that or not really? Absolutely not. That's not fun. <laughs> That's terrible. That's stress and, and worry and bookkeeping. I don't like any of that shit. I like to DJ. I'll yeah. never own my own company. I could leave Jason today and fucking start my own company 
and 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 be booked because I'm a hundred percent referral at this point. I literally am. I'm the, I'm a company's dream. I'm a I'm literally a company owner's dream, a DJ company owner's dream. I bring in basically a hundred percent of my gigs, like a hundred percent. Come from the internet. Hey, we want Nick because he's available, and that's it. It's like you know what I mean. But like, I don't want to deal with all that back end shit. I don't want to deal with con- like, especially a multi op, but even a single op. I, I contracts this, keeping up on this, making sure this is right, insurance. I, I don't want to deal with. All- I, I'll, I'll work for him. He runs the company as a uh, as a booking agency, so it's great. You know what I mean? Like, and and that that's you know, I have more time to make content and have fun. Like, I just you know, they, to me, when you start a DJ company, it absolutely takes some of the fun away. And I think anybody would admit that it really, really does because you have all the stress of the. That's your, your full-time job is running a company. And then you get to you let off some steam and DJ on the weekends. Whereas like my only job is to DJ and make videos. And I love making videos too. Like I love everything I do. I love, I don't do anything for a living that I don't get paid for anything that I don't like. I really just like, so like I'm constantly just having a great ass fucking time. You know for what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a secret to life. Totally. I just so funny. You just say that. And this is why I feel like we're like long lost cousins or something. I just had this experience the other day. This guy hit me up who is like a hero of mine and I really look up to him and he's like the man and he hit me like with like this kind of like this figure and I was like, I'm not thrilled about that. But then, but then it was like, I was like, no, but like, it'd be, it'd be a cool opportunity. And I started thinking about it. It's like, dude, you literally do what like, like right now, like from a financial standpoint, like it probably was like, like not a wise decision to like say no to that thing to turn that down. Uh But in my head, I'm like, dude, I do whatever the fuck it is I want. Every every single day, it's like, what the fuck do I want to do with my day today? Like, skies, I I can get in my car and go drive down to Asbury Park and just do whatever the fuck I want. And I, I have no boss. Yeah. No. Th- do I really want to be out like the all hands meeting? Fuck that. And it's just mm-hmm. having having that tenacity to have like that that long term thing. But so many people get that thing and they're like, oh, like this would be this would make mom and dad happy. I think you really got to be a little bit to be in this line of work, you really got to be like, nah, fuck that. Like I have a, I have a vision. The money will always come. The money should be fourth place in everybody's mind. That's what I'm going to teach my kid. Like it should be for mm. a lot of people put money first and you put money first. You're going to put yourself in a situation where you're not going to be happy uh, in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're like compromising I went broke many times. Yeah, dude, yeah. I went broke many times fucking chasing this shit. I got my truck repoed one time. It was terrible. Like, like I, had, I had like a 500 credit score at one point, you know, <laughs> like I went, I think that's my credit it. score right now. <laughs> but I, but I'm, but I'm glad I did. You know what I mean? Because like, if I didn't, I could have, you know, chosen the secure path or whatever. And then, you know, you're just not happy the rest of your life. Like, I look at it like, is this going to make me happy? Am I going to enjoy it? You know what I mean? Is it, is it going to be cool? Whatever. And then like, all right, well, what's it pay kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I always kind of put money like third or fourth place. And I think if you don't worry about money, money will come. You know, I don't make YouTube videos. And same thing about being viral, honestly. That, that's the, the money and viral, the same thing in, in my experience, right? Anytime I've ever tried to, you know, think of a viral idea or, you know, like more like worry about going viral. All right. If I do this, it's going to go viral or this is going to be a clip or whatever. Anytime I worried about it and I got those clips, none of them did well. It all sucked. It's the organic shit that I got by accident. I wasn't when I'm not worried about being viral, then I end up going viral. You know what I mean? Like same thing. You don't worry about money. The money will come, you know, just just have fun. Enjoy the process. Keep it pushing. Eventually the money will come. You know, and I just don't, I don't overthink any of that stuff. You know, when I'm making content, I'm like, is this valuable? Will people like this? Is this valuable in some way, shape or form? Then I put it out there with everything. I got value. I put it out there, you know? Yeah, definitely. This has been amazing, dude. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I've been all over the place. I tried not to be too much of a fanboy today. Uh, (laughs) You're good. (laughs) 
Where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch if they want to book with you? This is shameless self-promotion time. The floor is yours. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, at DJ Nick Spinelli on the, on the social medias. Uh, so TikTok, Instagram, and all of that. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Nick Spinelli, or just like search me and I'll pop up. And uh, wedding, private event bookings, sceventgroup.com. And they book me out there. And then any club or other than, you know, things that aren't public event bookings, I would say uh, Nick at uh, NickSpinelli.com. Just hit up that email. We shall talk. Wonderful. Well, put in the good word for Jason from me, and we'll have this kind of be a a, a continued thing. We'll get some more DJs in the mix, and uh, appreciate everything today, brother. All right, man. All right, bye.